Never knew how much it would cost me to make repairs on that house. Didn't know how to get financed or what to do with that mouse. HQ on the podcast, thanks to House Flippin' HQ. HQ while I work out, thanks to House Flippin' HQ. Now I know what to do to flip houses. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. HQ on the podcast. Thanks to House Flipping HQ, now I know what to do. Bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Oh, is this thing turned on? Oops. Let's give it up for Tiffany Humfeld, co-organizer of the Long Beach Phoebe. Uh, Tiffany is a good friend of mine, has been listening to the podcast and been wanting to do some more flips. So, of course, the rule is if you ever come over to my house to talk shop, You've got to do some kind of recording on the show. And I was super stoked when Tiffany didn't even flinch when I mentioned the thought of her singing a song for us. Uh, I had no idea she could sing that good. Or I probably would have said no because I like being the best singer on the show. But guess we'll make an exception this time. Tiffany, you did awesome. If you are anywhere in Southern California, you should definitely check out her club. You can find more out more about it at meetup.com slash for investors by investors. And the Phoebe meetings are awesome because they don't allow any high-end selling or anything like that. So you're in a pretty safe environment. And if you want to see a pretty sweet picture of Tiffany actually singing the song, you can go to the show notes at housewomenhq.com slash episode 29. And give her a shout out and let her know how awesome she rocked the house. Okay, so now on to other topics that I can make absolutely no sense of. (laughs) Um, Many of you know about the Michael Quarles competition of the thousand free yellow letters and the free business cards. So since I didn't do an episode at the end of last week, and I forgot to mention this on the one I did the episode prior to that, I'm going to extend the competition. The final date was going to be today, February 18th, but we're going to extend that one week to February 25th, February the 25th. So next Tuesday, February the 25th, uh, go to housewhippinghq.com slash episode 27 to enter. All you have to do is write down why you feel like maybe you deserve uh, those thousand yellow letters And Michael will then pick a winner from everyone who uh, leaves a comment. And if just by leaving a comment and and saying why you you feel like you deserve those letters or part of your journey or or anything that that might be meaningful to somebody, he will give you some free business cards. So there will be one winner of the thousand letters, but everyone will get the free business cards, which is incredibly generous of him. Uh, So go leave that message and go leave those comments and we will be announcing that shortly oh and i just got a text from tiffany i was asking her what website i should mention and she said since they don't have a regular url for the club 
uh, she gave me her uh, regular website, which is propertysolved.com. So you can uh, check out her website there as well. Uh, okay, back on track. Thanks, Tiffany. Okay, so last announcement before we get into our flip tip and our episode for today. Um, March 6th, Thursday, March 6th, 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time will be our next uh, webinar and this time I'll be focusing more on acquisitions. Typically, I talk about my entire business and I'll kind of briefly go over that, but I want to focus more on acquisitions and I'll probably kind of pick it apart each time so people who attend more than once can can be more focused in a certain area. Uh, then we'll go over our mastermind group, which is on FIA right now, which basically costs the same. A lifetime membership is about the same as a one-day seminar, so it's pretty awesome. Um, I'll just go over the details on that, answer any questions anybody has, and then I'll answer any questions you have about anything. And those usually run, I try to keep them under two hours. I don't do very good at that, but I'll answer any questions you have and happy to do that. Uh, if you go to the website, you can actually see a live singing performance of me on there as well. So be ready for that. And now it's time for your flip tip, flip tip. Flip tip, flip tip. Okay, so for today's flip tip, I'm actually going to be answering a question from David and Kelly Kent from, uh, they used to live in California, now they're in Utah. Anyway, um, really cool story with these guys. I've actually realized that it was, I kind of purchased a property through them, through another colleague, a friend of mine. Anyway, kind of interesting story there. Um, so they recently sent me this voice message through my website, but then the next day they were on my uh, webinar and they asked the same question. So I answered it there for them. Then they ended up joining my mastering group. So since then I've, I've been in contact with them and he said how much has changed his perspective, the, the answer I gave him. So what I'm going to do is I am going to play the question, the voicemail that they sent me, and then I'm going to play the answer I gave to them live on my webinar because it seemed to really help them out. And it was kind of an issue that I wanted all of my students to hear about. So I'm going to let you guys kind of eavesdrop on that uh, whole question and then the answer that I gave. So here we go. Hi, Justin. This is David Kent with my wife, Kelly. We're in Utah here. We're the people uh, who partnered with Sean Watkins and you on the Garden Grove flip recently. So thank you for that. That was money in our pockets. We really appreciated it. You and I also met in uh, a local meeting not long ago in Southern California. Uh, my question today is about two things. First is how to do successful searches and get, get winning bids on the off the MLS. We have access to MLS. We typically send off an email uh, offer. Um, we follow up. I follow up with a phone call and it gets us nowhere. We don't get the uh, deal. We don't get the agent to be sending us uh, future listings. We've given up on that. It's not even part of our, what we do, which is obviously a mistake. So uh, we need to figure out how do you do offers off the MLS? What do you send? Do you send proof of funds? Do you send some kind of buyer background about yourself in addition to a rep C? You know, how does that work exactly to be successful? Uh, the second thing is just how to structure this is kind of a separate topic, but how to structure your relationship with an agent. You have agents who do searches with you. Okay, that's an investor's agent, I guess. Uh, what is your arrangement with them? How do you compensate them and still have enough money to do the flips? Those are the two questions. Thank you so much for the uh, website and all the information. Really appreciate it. 
Okay, I, I don't want to make this like it's super easy and I just go out and make offers on the MLS and get them all accepted. So it's not so much a matter of you're doing something wrong. If you are making offers on the MLS or buying houses at trustee sell, you're up against a lot of competition right now because there's not a lot of listed properties out there and it's like a bidding war essentially. So you're going to either number one, have to be okay with lower margins or you're gonna have to be okay with lower margins. <laughs> no, or, or you're gonna have to be okay with medium low margins and making like a lot, a lot of offers. Uh, I mean, a ridiculous amount of offers. If you're just making straight up offers on the MLS and trying to get them accepted. Now, can it be done? Yeah, it can be done. Um, it's actually been a couple months for me that we've even done that in-house at all. But at the end of last year, I did have one of Vanessa's assistants. She has a couple of assistants as well. I had them focusing on doing nothing but make offers. And, you know, it was hard. I think they got, she got pretty burned out, actually. But you know what? Over doing that, she did that for like three months straight. And I think she got three offers accepted or uh, it was like two months and she got three offers accepted, which if you think about making offers every day, all day and following up and you only get three accepted, like that's a ton of work. But I look <laughs> back and I run those numbers and I'm like, you know, it probably cost me about $4,000, uh, about $5,000 to pay her. And the money that we made from those three deals is like insane. So, you know, it's like 20 times what we had to pay her. So I just think, you know, maybe we'll go back to that. It's like 15, 20, whatever. I just remember being insane. So, but it, it's hard work. I mean, if you're trying to make these offers yourself, I don't know if you're making these offers yourself, but I wouldn't have the time to make offers myself. No way. Not even Vanessa, my assistant, would have time to make those offers herself because it is going to be rigorous. And it depends where your margins are. I don't know where your margins are. Your margins can be two to three percent higher or lower, and it's going to affect you know versus getting one out of fifty, it's going to take you to like one out of a hundred or one out of two hundred or one out of ten if you have really super duper skinny margins, right? But there's kind of like a going rate on the MLS now. Can you get that occasional one that fell out of escrow and whatnot? Or you, yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Um, most of the houses that we buy on the MLS are just because I have a lot of people making a ton of offers or through a relationship. You know, we've bought a lot of houses from an agent before. They'll bring it to my agent or bring it straight to us, and we buy them that way. But other than that, my friend, you're going to have to get serious, and I mean serious, with some direct marketing if if you're not able to get offers accepted on the MLS. You know, the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So. I wish I had a magic wand for you. I wish I had that poof. If I was a true guru charging you thousands of dollars, ten, twenty thousand dollars, I would probably figure something out to tell you. But you know, I, I, it's it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I've, we've put 13 houses in a contract so far this year, and that's where we put like all of our ton of our focus. And I have a ton of people out looking for me, so it's not like it was super simple to get those houses. But it's definitely doable. You know, the more lines you have in the water, the more fish you're gonna you're gonna catch. So you've got to create those systems. You've got to leverage other people. All right. I hope you're able to get a lot out of that answer. Once again, if you are interested in asking any similar questions or listening to other similar answers from other investors, you can go to housefinghq.com slash webinar to sign up for our next webinar and to learn more about the mastermind group, which really helps support House of HQ. So we're very appreciative to those 
who are able to join that group. And once again, the price is about the same as a one-day seminar for a lifetime membership of a community, which is incredible, which we're adding to on a daily basis, making tons of videos to learn how to comp properties, evaluate properties, estimate repairs, things that we're doing in our business, the works. So go ahead and check that out. And if that makes sense to you, then we would love to have you. All right, now time for the main event. Today, I actually just finished interviewing Jason and Catherine Grote, G-R-O-T. I hope I'm saying your guys' names right. <laughs> if I'm not, just let me know. Um, they are out of Texas, and these guys are just doing some incredible things. Um, I love everything we talked about. I'm, I'm excited to implement some of my own. We talked a ton about how they're buying their houses. Uh, they're doing a lot of online marketing, which I thought was really interesting. And then something that stuck out that I was blown away by is they are getting bank financing for their flips. So they're saving a ton of money by working directly with the bank. And it's not like the kind of banks that I've talked to where you have to put up the money and then they cash you out. So I'm going to have Vanessa looking at that. We're going to try to see if we can get going on that. Well, that would be huge. So love what they're doing by leveraging that kind of capital. Um, they're doing some great things working together and balancing their family life. And it's just a great overall uh, interview Great episode. Let's get to it. I give you Catherine and Jason. Oh, and the we had some connection issues off and on, so there might be a couple parts where we kind of cut out. Uh, but altogether, the the content's phenomenal. I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. So let's get to it. All right. Okay. Hey. Hey. Welcome to the show, Catherine and Jason. Super pumped to have you guys. How's it going? Great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us on today. Yes. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. No problem. Thank you guys. You know, I've been, uh, I heard you guys several months ago on a different podcast and just loved everything you had to share. So I was super excited and you guys accepted the invitation to be on mine and just really pumped to, to get into it and uh, get to know you guys better and, and more about how you're flipping houses in, in Austin. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're, we're honored to be here, and uh, thanks for you know reaching out to us. You got it. So before we dive into how you run your uh, your business, give us a quick, a little bit of a background, um, kind of uh, just catch us up to speed on where you guys come from, how you got started into real estate, and what you're doing currently. Well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we were not in real estate, you know, seven or eight years ago at all. I owned a dance studio and Jason owned a taxi cab business. So nice. as far, far away from real estate as you can get. But uh, we really enjoyed um, the idea. We watched a lot of HGTV. And uh, one day my husband and his dad uh, said, hey, we can do that. And so um, that's kind of how we got started. You know, we learned a lot in the beginning, especially my husband. He was the, you know, boots on the ground for the most part as far as acquiring property and then the actual fix-ups. Um, and I, I got my real estate license to help with the business on the selling end um, specifically. So the business is comprised of my husband and myself and then um, his parents actually as well. We formed an LLC. So it's definitely truly a family business. Awesome. Now, how many years ago was this that you, you started the, in real estate? Well, we acquired our first two houses in January of 06. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, funny enough, those two took about a year and a half to remodel, to actually Crazy. complete the project. So yeah, the learning curve was steep. 
But that's cool. That's cool to hear. I like hearing this because a lot of people out there, they see guys like you and me, you guys and, and me, and they think, oh, they just know how to do it, right? So it's good for them to hear that it, it's, it takes time to get it going and, and what you had to go through to get there. Yeah, it's true. But the what we didn't do that someone maybe listening to this podcast is doing is they did a lot of, we did not do a lot of research. We did not have the resources like, you know, uh, these kind of websites like yours. And, uh, you know, we kind of winged it. And so we had to learn a lot of things ourselves. And, uh, you know, it, it delayed the, the progress and the success a while. Well, that's interesting. So you guys literally did just watch the TV show and went, when it got started. <laughs> yeah, that's it. My dad and I had actually been talking about real estate investing. We actually gave it a go in 01. We've sent out like, oh, I was like 2,000 postcards, got two or three calls. Yeah, we didn't pick up a house after sending out about 2,000 postcards. And so we just kind of, you know, closed the doors and said, well, it's not for us. And that, you know, then five years later, uh, we got re-inspired. But, we, you know, we didn't know anything about anything. So we had to dig it out. We did buy one guru course that we kind of picked and choose what we wanted from it. And um, it, it did help us, but we didn't go to internet. I mean, excuse me, um, investor meetings. We didn't, uh, you know, really do any kind of connecting with others to, or mentoring, anything like that to, to learn. We just had to figure it out on our own. If you were like me, I didn't even know these investment clubs existed. It's like this secret underground community that you know I didn't even know about. <laughs> yeah, and and usually just about in every city there there's something, especially any you know fairly large city. Uh, here in Austin, I think there's three or four, and it's growing. So yeah, um, but now we're still not real active in those, uh, just necessarily because it's usually uh, new people. And um, and gurus in those. Oh, that's and, interesting. See where you, where I am. There's very rarely any gurus. They don't let you know people come and do high pitch type selling and stuff like that. But so that's interesting that they you know they have that where where you are. Well, yeah. One of them, one of the the largest one is actually owned by a guru. <laughs> so. Okay, well, that's good for people to know to to be aware of that. Now it's still a good place. You can probably, if you're new, go and meet people. Just maybe leave your credit card at home or something. Yeah, exactly. And I do recommend, uh, you know, networking, talking to people. You know, that's how you grind it out. You know, that's the thing about this business is there's no just one manual for it that you can just go to, you know, learn it. You just got to get out there and, and start doing and talking to people and learning and, uh, you know, just kind of immersing yourself in it. And that's something we didn't do very well. Uh, we did start halfway through, really start you know, networking with some uh, other investors and learned a ton and wish we had started earlier. Awesome. Awesome. So, okay, let's talk about your, your business right now then. Um, what's your business comprised of right now? You mentioned your, your parents. Yeah. So, um, yeah, our business model basically now is uh, a mixture of retail, wholesale and wholesale. Okay. So, you know, retail is, we buy the house, you know, we get under contract, we acquire the house, we fix the house, and then my wife lists it on the open market, on the MLS. You know, I, we call that a retail flip. Awesome. The wholesale is a, um, a, a term I heard about a year ago, and it just stuck. And uh -huh. what it, that is, is the same thing, you acquire the house, you close the property yourself, and um, you take it, you do very little to it. So, and then you put it back on the market, 
in a, a wholesale type uh, condition, if you will, uh, you know, a fixer-upper, handyman special. And uh, there's so many investors uh, looking on the open market. There's so many people wanting to uh, get, you know, just buy a house, fix it up and live in it and build, you know, get a little sweat equity. There's so many out there that uh, you can get a very good price for it on the open market, on the MLS. We call that wholetail. Now, when you do your wholetails, I mean, are you just cleaning it up? Or are you doing like carpet and paint and stuff like that? Well, uh, it depends, actually. Uh, some we've just cleaned up. Some we, act, you know, just like you said, just a little carpet and paint. Because if it's not very expensive or doesn't take very long to get it in a, a little bit better shape to get more out of it, we'll do it. So we kind of strategize every time we get it. And uh, go ahead. And something I want to say about that is you have to be careful with these properties. Uh, if you're going to sell it on the open market, because of different lenders and lender requirements, they require certain things. For example, we picked up a house that was, it was a mess and we just decided it was too much work, it's too far away, we were going to wholetail it, but we knew there were some things about it that might keep a conventional lender from lending on it. Mm. Uh, for example, it had some broken windows, so we replaced the windows. Okay. So we take those kind of things into consideration, you know, home buyer, someone that's just looking to, you know, it's for some instant equity. So um, those are some things that we consider. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I like that. So basically, um, and I did some wholetailing when I first got started without realizing I was doing wholetailing because I didn't know how to do a rehab, a good rehab, but I would go to the house. I'm like, okay, well, obviously if I'm going to sell this house, I'm going to, you know, clean up the the toilet paper in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like it's all over the place. Like some disgusting, disgusting things. Like why would I not pay someone a hundred bucks to come in here and clean this place at least? Right. And then like you're saying, from there, I do little tiny things. So that's cool to hear yeah. that you're doing that right now. Yeah, most people don't have much of an imagination. So uh, unfortunately, when it comes to houses, so you know, any little help you can give them and it be cost effective. You, you just kind of think that way. You just kind of you got to put yourself in their shoes. And uh, but it's a that's a very great way for someone to get started. If they can acquire a house and maybe they're not real handy or understand general contracting or even want to deal with or have the time. That's that's a way they can um, uh, get into this type of business uh, without a whole lot of extra work. They just got to acquire the property. Okay, I love that. So let's get into how you're acquiring these properties. What are you focused on? Well, I mean, our number one lead generation tool is our website. Awesome. Yeah, um, we've done letters in the past and we'll continue to do those. We've tried uh, every door direct mail cards, you know, some postcards, uh, handwritten letters. We actually started doing handwritten letters back in '07, and um, uh, now the yellow letters you know, have taken off, of course. But we we had that same concept back then and used it. It's very effective. Um, but mostly, it's our website that uh, the sellers find us online and and, uh, and you know call or email us, and we just you know connect with them from so there. I remember you saying that several months ago. That, that was your number one. Um source of getting deals. And that's actually what's the main thing that stuck with me um, ever since. And I haven't really gotten too much. I haven't had a chance to get too much into online marketing with anyone. Do you mind if we dive into that a little further? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So how are you driving traffic to to your website? I, I was, you know, I, I looked it up this morning. I was, uh, you know, stalking you guys this morning, actually. <laughs> 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 and I don't know, you know, I know Google has these new things where it's like, if I look up a certain site, it might come up higher on mine. So I'm not sure if it came up higher because I had researched you guys before or what, but you guys were number one 
and then your LinkedIn profile was like, there, then there was somebody else, and then your LinkedIn profile came up after that, and then there was like a YouTube video of you came up like after. I mean, you guys, I saw you three times at least in the first page. I mean, is that normal? No, that's that's where we're at. That's um, awesome. Yeah, we'll you know uh, we check it. We'll log out of everything, or um, you know, and you know, it picks up on your IP address. But if you put a a local uh, indicator, like you put the you know, word Austin in there, then okay, it takes you and searches for the results in that city. And so obviously, if you put you know we buy houses in your you know in your city, just we buy houses, it's we're not going to come up. No, I put in we buy houses Austin, and you guys yeah. were three at least three in the very top in the top like four you were the top three <laughs> yeah so. right and, and that's what we've worked towards um now getting there is a whole nother you know story and it just um you know, internet marketing's crazy it, it's just yeah. all there's to it google is changing but for anyone wanting to you know do anything on the internet at all in any business i mean i think the key is just start okay. start do something get a domain and start doing something uh, start researching and digging into it. Um, we were just blessed to have, you know, people put in our path that really, uh, really helped us a lot. And, um, you know, gives good direction and, uh, wise, you know, counsel, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a way to shortcut anything. And there definitely is on, um, you know, website SEO and that gets you in trouble and Google, they have boy shortcuts. You cut out a little bit. You said Google has what? Uh, Google has a gentleman named Matt Cutts, and his job is to uh, destroy and to take down anyone trying to shortcut oh, uh, website SEO and trying to cheat the system. So you just got to do it right, and uh, and take and it takes time uh, to do it. It builds up uh, over time. No black hat tricks. <laughs> I, I hear the term black hat a lot these days. Now that I'm doing some online marketing, just basically. Uh, so what are some of those best practices and get, give what's the night, where can someone get started? So you said, do a, get a website, get a URL. And I mean, are you doing pay-per-click too? Or are you doing mainly all organic stuff? Yeah. You know, pay-per-click's a, uh, or at least it was a good place to start. I think depending on where you're at, the, the cost of pay-per-click's going up in this field a lot. Okay. The cost is getting really expensive. Um, when I started, that's what I did because I didn't have, I wasn't ranking organically at all. So we started with pay-per-click, you know, get a few leads. Um, I, I will say this, there are, and this is my perspective and my experience, there are some leads uh, on the internet. People are going to the website and I think that will continue to increase. But, uh, you know, I didn't know how many there were and there's really not a ton. And I'm not just saying that because I don't want competition. Yeah, I know. I really mean it. There's not a ton of leads to be had on the website. I'd venture to say only a handful in a, in a city can really survive off internet leads. It's got to be mixed with other marketing efforts. Okay. So you're saying but, it is getting more competitive, like you said. So It's extremely competitive. And, um, so, but if someone will start and you know, have a nice website... And, and begin, you know, just getting people, driving people to your website uh, through, you know, directories and, uh, you know, conversations online with other people, you know, that's the way to, you know, build up your site and then, um, you know, you can do local marketing, uh, getting your website out in, the, in your local area, get people to go to your website. You know, that's what it's about, you know, just getting people there so they can find out about you because a lot of people will not engage you if they don't 
know anything about you. Yeah. I know there's a lot of bandit sign, you know, advocates out there with those little cheap bandit signs, but I can't tell you how many people have told me say I would never call someone who uh, scratches a, a message on a yellow sign. Okay, so that brings me to another point. Uh, like my husband said, uh, the you know the website's our greatest tool. However, I also want to say that we've gotten a lot of referrals from people and uh, from people that we've done business with and has referred people to us. And I think that's why it's important. Um, you have to be careful how you treat people. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of gurus. There's a lot of people in this business that it's just another sale, and I get that. But um, you're dealing with people um, in depressed situations a lot of times, um, in very, um, you know, horrible situations and time-sensitive situations. And it's a huge investment. It's a huge deal to them. And we can't become so desensitized that we forget really what's at hand. And um, I think you got to be careful with that. And so I think we have, and I think it's one of the things that sets our business apart and so we do get referrals from people. We get, you know, nice reviews. We get everyone's happy. We try to make it a win-win situation. Yes, we're in business for profit. But uh, at the end of the day, everyone's got to feel good about the transaction. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell people this a lot too. I mean, when you get first get started, you know, it's like pushing this big car or truck like up a hill. You know, you're, it takes a lot of work. But after you grind it out and do a lot of those, you know, really getting your hands dirty, like you said, sometimes you'll get referrals and then it's that car starts to pick up speed a little bit and can go a little on its own type thing. So that's um, right. So, yeah, that's great. So, OK, so we got the website. You have some SEO stuff going on that brings you some leads. I did see in your comments um, on another blog that someone asked the question. You did say it's good to work with an SEO company. So maybe have people work with a SEO company if they're interested in building organic traffic like that. Yeah, I mean you got to be serious about it and you got to invest in it. Uh, okay. It's, you know, it, it's a web it's a it's a property. I mean, it's a uh, it's an investment your yeah, website yeah. is and you got to put money you get in what you get, you know, you get out yeah, what you get. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So you got that, but then you're also directing traffic to the site through um you mentioned like connecting with people online. Are you talking like Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, stuff like that, like social networks, blogs, yeah, social networks, um, you know, real estate sites with forums, you know, things of that nature, and you know, this interaction, just getting getting out there. Now, you know, most of the interaction we do is not, you know, when we're dealing with anybody outside of Austin, we know we're not going to get, you're not going to get a lead. Yeah, uh, okay. It's just to drive traffic to your site. Um, which are indicators for Google, and um, you know, then that's how you found us. Yeah. And, okay. And not that I'm gonna buy a house, or you got a relative here in Austin, I'm gonna buy a house from. But it's just good. It's just good to interact. And um, and the more you know, traffic you have going to your site, the higher ranked you're gonna be. So okay, exactly. cool. So you don't mind that every all my fan audience visits your site because that helps it drive up traffic, right? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Cool. And that's been, you know, that's just known. That's a given in the. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting. I didn't think about that. I thought maybe it's seen as competition, but I guess if you have people outside of Austin, then it's helping the trap. Anyway, it's just interesting. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. A, it's a whole nother world and I don't fully understand it, but. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll link to your site in, in our show notes for sure. Um, right. So. Okay, so how about letters? You guys doing direct mail? Uh, not at the moment. Uh, we uh, are going to here very soon. Um, we just uh, picking our head up from the holidays, but uh, we'll you know we don't do a constant campaign. We'll just do 
some bursts. And by no means are we direct mail uh, campaign specialists. So. Okay. You don't really want to ask us questions about uh, that. Sounds good. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm I saw you've that. had some guys on the show that are experts. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we won't we won't I'll focus be, there. I'll be reading their podcast. Yeah, their exactly. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the same way. You know, I don't I don't know a ton about direct mail. I don't know a ton about online marketing. It just I try to connect with enough people who know about those things and network with them and just get enough deals, you know, to keep keep things going. So that's yeah. it. You know, you can't be um, you know an expert in everything. You know, it's good just to to niche in a couple things and then rely on, you know, colleagues that are uh, experts in those fields to, you know, draw from. And, and that's the beauty of networking right there. For sure. I, I couldn't agree more. So, um, okay. So have we, have we covered, let's talk about, is there anything else, first of all, that you use to any other ways you try to buy houses that we missed? Um, like my wife just said, the, um, the people that we've done business with in the past, um, we like to reach back out to them and, uh, you know, send them Christmas cards, you know, things like that. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, just re- let them know that you know, we appreciate them that, and, and just stay in touch with them. And, uh, you know, uh, we had one lady, we never even bought a house from her, but she uh, liked the way we handled her. You know, it, it just it went south for her, but she, the way we took care of her and, um, uh, you know, didn't try to, uh, you know, force her into selling us her house, she referred two people to us, wow, two you know, houses, and we purchased two houses from two separate. Hey. What, okay, where okay. did you get uh, cut you, off? You said, you said that you bought two houses from her and you purchased two houses from two separate people and then you got cut off. Yeah, so basically we just try to cultivate uh, relationships with you know people that we know that know us and know our business and um, and just you know let them know we're here for them and and stay on top of their mind you know and that's just good old you know marketing 101 really and yeah. then we have a very small pool of other investors that we have you know done wholesale deal with so they've had properties and turned out. We don't have a large pool of investors that we you know wholesale back and forth with uh, we prefer to keep it simple there's a couple that we, uh, you know, just really trust and work with. And so that's, a, that's another source uh, for leads for us. Awesome. Yeah, I'm the same way with, I used to hate wholesalers. <laughs> yes. But, but now I've connected with like three or four really good ones and we developed relationships. And it's like, I mean, I could literally buy enough houses this year to be doing great just from them. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Those, those, those relationships that you build, just one or two or three can really change your business. So yeah, that's it. And I don't know if I can tee off on that just for a second, um, you know, we're really, we're huge in just ethics and the morality of the business. Uh, you know, we're an unregulated industry. Uh, anybody can, you know, put a sh- put out a shingle and, you know, open up for business and do this. But um, I believe what gives you success and uh, for, a, for longevity is treating people uh, fairly and these motivated sellers that you deal with, they need your help. You are helping them. And then for helping them, you make an income, but you are, your job is to help them. It's not to line your pocket, so to speak. It's yeah. the, the number one priority is to assist these people and do what's best for them. Uh, like a, a, a financial planner, uh, he could sell you all kinds of insurance, but if it's not what you need, he's not doing his job. Yeah, so it's one of those things where, and, and there's something that happens when you do that. You take care of people. It uh, 
it does something to your business. It it just creates a buzz on your business. It grows your business. And uh, uh, I do understand why, but we don't need to go into that here. But it's very important uh, to take care of people. So I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. You know, the first, actually, the first guru I worked with in the mastermind meeting I went to, um, he was talking about Carmen, if you do good things and good things are going to happen. And I kind of spoke up. I'm like, you know what? Then, but also, who cares? Like, you're supposed to do the right thing just to do the right thing. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, I'm not going to do something good just so I can get rich. You know, it's like, just do the right thing. And you're going to be happier, period, in my opinion. But that's uh, right. That's a, that's a revelation. That's good. <laughs> so anyway, it's just kind of funny. Everyone kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> no, but it, it was, it was, it was good. I think it kind of hit home, but, um, no, that's great. I mean, you got to remember why you're doing this business anyway, right? The goal is to create a certain lifestyle and happiness. And if you're not happy with yourself and the way you're living, then none of that stuff is going to matter. So yeah, that's very, that's very good. Though. Okay, cool. So want to touch really quick. So I just thought of something. So the phone rings, you get a lead on your website. How do you guys go about generating these leads? What what's kind of the next step from there? Or someone sends you a referral or, or anything? How no, is that's that great. That's a great question. Uh, so our approach is simply this. You know, I like to get as much of this, their story out of them, right? Because I'm I'm looking at I'm going to help these people. So I get much of their story out of them as they as they will give me. Uh, you know, many people are guarded, but some people just flat out tell you their whole life story. But you know whatever they'll they'll give you, it'll give you an understanding of how you can help them, and uh, and then you we ask questions about the house and the property, and uh, you know their timeline. I'll I'll ask them what are what are they asking for the property. It, I always like to get them to tell me what they want, what they're expecting. Uh, I don't try to control, manipulate. I don't say, well, you can do better than that, and and go and all that. I just try to tell them, you know what? Let me go do my market research, and uh, if I can from my computer give you a ballpark range that will that that you'd be satisfied with and the next step would be I'll come out we'll come out and take a look at your house so because we're very busy we uh, we just try to save some time I don't know some investors will go look at every house uh, every lead they get they'll run out to the property we don't do that yeah. we do a little more pre-qualified on the phone and because my wife is an agent uh, and has access to the MLS and the comps, we can get a really good idea as to where we're at. And I'll throw out a ballpark um, range, and if they say, yeah, I think that's acceptable, then we'll come out and take a look. And if we actually go look at the house, we close 75% Awesome. Uh, the houses that we actually look at. Great. And some people, some people are unrealistic. I mean, they'll call, and my husband will ask them, you know, what do you need to get or what, what are you expecting? And, you know, they'll throw out a retail price. And he just tells them, that's a retail price. You need to sell it on the open market. And um, he's just honest with them because, like he said, we're busy. And, yeah. and we don't want to waste anyone's time. And we don't like the whole idea of trying to go out and strong arm somebody uh, who has their mind set on something. And a lot of times we've had people call us back. He said, no, that's a retail price. They've gone their separate ways. And then, you know, a few days or a few weeks or even a few months later, they'll call us back and say, you know, they've talked to a few investors and they're like, well, yeah, you're right. So, you know, and they're, now they're ready to have a real conversation about what they could sell their house um, to an investor for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's interesting. When people come to the reality of what they have to face, you know, they think they're going to be given a retail price and close quickly and not have commissions and not have to fix it up. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like they realize you are their best option. So 
Right. And you have to you have to educate some people. They don't really know what we do. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, great, I'm going to be able to sell my house. OK, well, let's talk about this. You know, we're in it to make money. And and here's the deal. And you just got to lay it all out for them. Some people just really they really just don't know. They don't they don't know how it works. And so there's you know, there's a learning curve for them as well. Uh, sometimes for some of those people. You mean HGTV doesn't teach you that? What, no, what, all the sure selling doesn't. Costs, <laughs> all, all the sales no. costs involved. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they leave all that out. And uh, and I, if I can just say this, another thing is that I, I believe the public is pretty much sick of uh, high pressure sales tactics. Yeah. Uh, do they work? I think yes on some, and if you're really good at it. But uh, it's just not. It's not in me to do that. I don't have that ability. So. We just take the approach of, uh, you know, building trust from the moment we begin to talk. We build trust. We educate. They don't, they'll never feel pressured. Yeah, I can't count how many times that we've uh, been the first call from people, and they'll go on. They're going to call other investors uh, that they have end up calling us back uh, because these other investors have just played games with them, and they just felt uh, sleazy. Yeah. So you know. Other investors out there, get rid of the sleaze factor. Uh, you're not all that in a bag of chips. You're not a car salesman. <laughs> you're dealing with people's lives and Holy a bear in the the largest financial transaction most people will ever initiate in their life. Um, now, are you taking these calls live? Yes, we do not uh, like them to go to voicemail. Okay. Um, mostly because they're coming from our website. And they're not a yellow letter. You know, yellow letters, I know they like to uh, field and qualify them with a, a voicemail. But if you have a website, you do not want to do that because they will call someone else. Okay. So basically, I mean, th- these people call you up. You answer the phone, um, answer the phone live. And then you'll ask them questions about their home. And you ask them what they'll pay for the, what they want for the home. And then you go back and do your comp analysis and then you call them back or, or do you know the area well enough to where you can just talk about that without, I'm assuming you go do some research and then you call them back. Yeah. I mean, the market's so dynamic and uh, no, we'll, we'll almost always do research and then call them back. Yeah. Um, and if I feel like if they, sometimes it's just, I know it's a really good and a hot lead and uh, I'm going to want to go visit them no, almost no matter what. Uh, sometimes I'll just go ahead and lock in a time and I'll go visit them. If they're ready right then, I'll go visit them in the next hour. Yeah, and then um, uh, and then some will just – most of the time we're, we'll actually go do our research, call them back with it and have an educated conversation You know, because I'm educated and I'm, now I yeah. know where I'm at, what they're expecting and then begin to talk to them about money over the phone yeah. and you can tell by their reaction. And they appreciate it. Most people – you know, even if it's it seems to be low ball to them, they appreciate it. And you tell I tell them, say we buy wholesale. Like you go to Walmart, they're buying their products wholesale, putting them on the shelf and selling them retail. I said the price that you're expecting is more of a retail. Uh-huh. We we have to buy them wholesale so that we can sell them retail and make a profit. And when I explain that to them like that, you know, it, it just takes away the fight, and then they're just like, okay, well. Yeah. But you guys, you guys aren't like sending contracts or offers in the mail. You're going and meeting with them, and then if you do sign up a contract, you'll do it right there with them. Uh, sometimes okay. we've only done maybe two or three kitchen table okay. contracts. Uh, usually, now once again, I'm dealing uh, mostly with internet buyers, so they got email. So we're uh, I'm going home and I'm doing electronic signatures. Okay. Uh, and here's the thing: so a lot of you know people that are. 
picking up deals. They're you know they're afraid of the next ten investors in line. They want to lock them in right there, and and they'll just do whatever they can to get them to sign, get under contract. Well, what I found out is that type of um, working that way usually ends up in a the contract failing, uh, yeah. falling through. So we've only had one contract fall through in the last two years um, with the way we do it. That's and, awesome. It gives them room. There's no pressure. Yeah, so. if they want to back out, they're going to back out anyway. I mean, that's right. You, you can't, can't can't force them. That's it. Um, okay, very good. Very cool. Very good information. Um, so let's really quick. I did. I do have a note here. Driving for dollars. Do you guys are you guys doing driving for dollars? Uh, we were doing that okay. um, last year. We got really busy and stopped. Um, we're actually reworking our our letter that we send out. Yeah. But that's actually something we're going to start up again. We prefer that over any other male type marketing because okay. it's so focused because you're finding houses and the houses you're actually looking at uh you know what their sh- what shape they're in if they're just brand newly remodeled we don't want to send them a letter no you know we want to we want to send letters to houses with bad roofs so you know, the roofs are well i found driving for dollars is a good thing for like newer people because it's it takes a little more time but it's not as expensive and it's a good way they can get to know like their neighborhood right Okay, so I found that driving for dollars is a good way for newer people to get started because it doesn't cost as much money and it's a good way for them to get to know their their neighborhood. It takes a lot of time, but it's a good way for them to get get to know. what What's a good way that people could start out if they want to do driving for dollars? I think the first thing is, is you know, to identify that their target area, where they're comfortable, where, where they want to start out. Now, I say that, but you've got to be careful that, that you don't pick an area that's already heavily investor saturated. You need to, you know, really look at the area and make sure that, you know, it is up and coming, but it it hasn't been overdone already. So I think, you know, picking the the neighborhood's important. Um, having a realistic expectation, going out in the houses that you're looking at, kind of having a checklist of of things like, you know, looking for houses that look distressed, they have a bad roof, uh, they're overgrown, they're unkept, they're uncared for. Those are the kind of houses that we like to target and okay. then you, s- you send your letters out from there. So you drive around, what's the system? You drive around a neighborhood street by street, looking up houses, you write down the address. And then once you have that address, what do you do from there? Well, you know, we're lucky that, uh, I'm a realtor, so I have access to, um, you know, realist and, you know, all the mortgage history of houses. So we go home and we do research and we start weeding them out. Um, some houses, you don't want to send them a letter if they've only owned it for a year or two, don't have any equity. So, you know, you weed those out. Okay, so, so you're looking for equity. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I know, and here's the thing, there's some people that we know, some investors that have made a niche market, that doesn't matter to them. And so for that investor, that may not be, that may not matter to them. Yeah, because maybe know, they're they, focused on short sales or subject to or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, it, you know, obviously you have to identify mm-hmm. your target or your niche market. We, we just don't. We try to weed those out. Because yeah. um, like my husband said, we're busy. I mean, we just... We don't. We have our, enough irons in the fire. For sure. H- highest and best use of your time. There, there's a million exactly. ways to make a million dollars, but if you focus on all of them, you're you're not going to exactly. make anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's um, good. The other thing, the other people we really like to target are out of state owners, landlords. Okay. Um, because people who are out of state, um, and and their property looks like the way it does, as you know, because we've sent them a letter, obviously. At, yeah, they're probably ready to sell. Um, you know, specifically if we've targeted their house, their tenant probably isn't taking care of it, which could be, not always, but could be also indicative of how they pay their rent. 
So, you know, the landlord may be in a situation ready to, um, to sell. Yeah, I like that. You find a house that's dilapidated or looks vacant or abused. And if it's an out-of-state landlord, you can, uh, you can better believe, maybe even send them a picture, right? <laughs> right, exactly. That's good. <laughs> okay, I love it. So how do you guys analyze your properties? People are always asking me, how do you go about analyzing properties? What makes a deal a deal to you guys? Well, there's two buckets, basically. Price. <laughs> yeah, price. <laughs> uh, there's the flip bucket, then there's the buy and hold bucket. Okay. So if they'll fit in one of those, then uh, you know it's just a matter of getting the price right. So, uh, for example, let's say the house is worth a hundred thousand uh, dollars retail as is that we go look at. We know fixed up with thirty thousand in it. It'll be worth a hundred and eighty. Okay, that would be a deal that is you know worth taking. Um, let's say that same house you put fifteen twenty in it, and you can rent it for thirteen hundred dollars a month. Well, now you it, that house would be good for a flip. That house would be good for a buy and hold. Well, there's some instances where it's not good for a flip, but rents happen to be really good in the the neighborhood that it's in. And, um, and so we kind of put in that bucket and so uh, we'll either do it ourselves or we'll wholesale it to a flipper or a buy and hold. And so we have in buyers that we can wholesale to that do both of those things. And, um, so if it's something we want to take on ourselves, we'll do it. Of course, we just want to uh, buy it right, but we typically want to be spending. We want to be, um, you know, about 70% in it, you know, 30% equity. So, okay. So let's say it is a flip. Are you doing the, you know, ARV times 70 minus repairs? Is that kind of your formula that you come up with? Yeah, that's the general formula. Yeah. You know, of course you can't pigeonhole everything into that, but no. yeah, that's kind of the, the starting rule of thumb. Okay. Now in my market, I'm not able to use, um, you know, I don't really use the 70% rule, but I, there's no way I could buy houses at 70% percent i mean arv times 70 minus repairs times 70 percent minus repairs is that work where you got in your guys's market in texas well you know i think the reason it's it's the price point right 70 percent of a hundred thousand is a lot less than 70 percent of seven hundred thousand uh-huh. so you know you know what i mean as far as the yeah. profit the 30 percent is what i meant to say 30 percent of the i can't do the of a hundred thousand either <laughs> okay i see i see what you're saying but it might be well, i mean california i don't know maybe the market's just different you know yeah I mean, so we're not that picky. Okay. You no, know, we're we want to. We'd rather do a little bit more volume than just trying to get uh, waiting for a big pop here yeah, and there. Yeah, the same way. But, okay, because this is how we do. This is all we do. So we don't have the luxury of just kind of you know having a full time job and then just hitting a couple home runs a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we take some small medium ones and then we get our big pops. So, uh-huh. um, you know. We look at how far away is the project from our house. If it's really close, we're willing to pay you know a little more, right? Okay. Um, how much? Uh, what price point is it at? If it's a five hundred thousand dollar house as opposed to a hundred thousand dollar house, uh, you know that's going to take a lot of our capital, a lot of our resources, and we're going to want to make a lot more money uh, depending on what we're having to put into it. And then the time wise, how long is it going to take? Am I having to deal with the city and the permitting department? And, um, so there's a bunch of factors that go in yeah, and yeah. what kind of shape is it in now? Uh, if it's just, uh, it needs a little cleaning up, you know, uh, that, that 70 
we could even go 80% on them. Because uh, if we can turn a, uh, a wholesale flip and make a quick $25,000, uh, which may not seem a, like a lot to some, but uh, if, if we literally have to – we close the deal and we literally have to put in four hours into the project and then put it on the market, that's worth it to us. Absolutely. And we leverage our property mostly with banks. So um, that's, I'm sure you were wanting to ask that question also. But Yeah, I was going to get right into financing. That's really cool. Um, okay, got it. So you um, you basically have your lead generation. You have your leads come in. And then you just kind of look at it and see, okay, how can how does each one make sense? You're not using a specific formula or anything. That, pretty much, yeah. I'm not a big formula guy. Uh, we just look at it and say, hey, can will this work for us? Is this worth it? Okay, and so and you guys have enough experience to where you can do that. So mo- most people, yeah, they'd probably go by like a ARV times seventy percent or seventy five percent minus repairs and kind of go from there. But you guys can just look at it and figure out how you can make it work. So very cool with experience, right? Right, and I, yeah, and I think um, it's so dynamic. It's not that cut and dry. I know people love formulas. Uh, I think it gets annoying to me for some. For sure. No. Yeah. I mean, the way, I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, no, I was just saying it's so dynamic. And then for for a new person, you know, that may be listening to this podcast, you need someone, uh, you need to be working with someone or have someone you can call that um, you can talk real numbers with. And at the end say, okay, I'm going to expend this many hours. I'm going to expend this much capital and I'm going to make how much at the end. You got to know that and you got to work it backwards. Absolutely. You can't use, you know, ARV times point seventy times seventy minus repairs on a house that's going to take you a year and a half to flip. You know? Right. And, exactly. and, and the same thing if you're going to wholesale a house or, or hotel, and it's going to take you, you know, just a few days, and it's a super easy project, and they want a little bit more, then pay a little more if the numbers make sense. So, did you even hear what I said? Hello. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, what I was saying, and then on the flip side of that, if you know you have a property that's like almost ready to rock, you know, and they want a little bit more than that formula, then it's probably worth it for you to pay them a little bit more because you can turn it very quickly. So, right, right. Yeah. So you look at all those things. I'll usually look at my deals, and I'm looking to make like a like a forty percent annualized return on the entire invested capital. And what that helps me do is take into consideration, okay, if this project's going to take three to four months versus six months, you know, my one-time return needs to be bigger. So anyway, I don't want to confuse everybody, but. <laughs> no, that's exactly how we think too. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay, cool. So let's get into financing. You, you got me excited. You talked about banks. Are you guys using banks for your financing on flips or how are you using, how are you getting these deals financed? Yeah, we have um, three local banks that, um, you know, have basically a commercial type loan uh, for investors, you know, builders type deal. And um, it's great. They're usually about, on average, they're between the three, the average is about 20% down. And, you know, you're talking about 1% origination fee when they charge you about, yeah, 6% interest. And it's an interest only loan. And um, and then they draw out the, the, the rehab costs as you do them. They'll, you can call in a draw and they, you know, they send you the money. So, it allows us to leverage our capital. We don't really operate it with a ton of capital. So, um, you know, we, we work with under a half a million, actually. So, uh, and that sounds crazy, but, you know, we have seven houses on the books right now. That's awesome. And it's because we can leverage them with the banks. And uh, so you build these relationships with the banks. And um, 
Now, people that need to close next week in seven days, um, sometimes we're not able to do that. We don't have the cash to do that, or we'll wholesale those out to uh, people that do have the cash. But what I found is most people uh, don't mind waiting three to four weeks to close. Yeah, they usually don't mind. Now, so your bank can fund that quickly? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have one that'll fund in two weeks. So you're, this, I mean, they'll fund on Flipprod. This is really interesting to me because we've kind of started to look into this, but we haven't enough. And I haven't heard many people that are getting financing from banks on Flip projects. So, oh yeah, we've probably financed probably 40 to 50 flips. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. It just works wonderfully. And we've just built really good relationships with the bank. So now just for lending laws, they have to do an appraisal, but that's it. And they get that, you know, appraisers will hop right on and get it done and they'll get the paperwork together. And uh, it's, it's a guidance line of credit, basically is what they call it. And um, it, it works wonderful. And, you know, when you have the title company and the lender working well together, it just flows smoothly. And uh, yeah, we, one bank will close in as quick as two weeks. So, okay. So I talked to a bank who said they'll give us a line of credit, but we have to close on the deal first and then they'll fund like a month after that. But that's not what you're doing. You're This is like purchase money. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, this is... Just a loan on the house. Yeah, the the house is the collateral and you close and the bank finances it. Wow, one point and six. I'm just like blown away right now. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this real? <laughs> huh, okay. See, now I feel dumb. I'm flipping like 100 houses a year and I didn't even know that kind of financing was available. <laughs> okay, Jason, so you have my full attention on this bank financing thing. I've heard some people talk about it. I don't know if, we just haven't researched it enough or what? I'm almost embarrassed because I'm flipping 100 houses a year and I've heard of like lines of credit where they'll cash you out and stuff like that. But I didn't realize that you could get the kind of bank financing you're getting just to flip a house. So is that, you've been doing that, you've done that on like 40 houses, you said. So you've been doing that quite a while. It's not like this new thing. <laughs> no, no, we've been for several years. Uh, maybe it's because we're in Texas uh, and you're, you're in California. So um, maybe that's the catch there. But, uh, you know, I would just call local banks, um, not the big ones, the big box banks, but the local ones and, um, you know, tell them what you want to do. And, and, uh, and I just delve into it that way. Okay. Well, I'm on it. Vanessa, that's your, uh, assignment for right after this call, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be getting an email from me. So <laughs> there you go. A to do. I'm right? that, that would save you a ton of money. I mean, in, in fees and interest, it's just amazing. Yeah, Absolutely. Very cool. All right. I'm all excited now. Okay. I might be sending you guys a, a big uh, Christmas gift or something. Oh, it's not Christmas yet. I guess something else. <laughs> yeah. I hope that works out. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I know for Especially sure. If you're doing 100, I want to interview you now. Yeah. No. And any question you have, I mean, you can check out some of my, uh, my podcasts, but then if you ever have any questions, yeah, just give me a call or email me or whatever. Anything you want to know. Wonderful. That's great. So, um, but yeah, so that's how we have to do it. We just have to leverage, you know, leverage our uh, our capital. We just don't have a bunch, and uh, but we found that we pretty much, you know, it, it takes care of what we need. Uh, it's about as busy as we want to be, so it's it's worked out. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so let's talk about the rehabs. How are you guys rehabbing these properties? Well, uh, like I said, if we're doing a full retail, we'll go all the way. You know, we try uh -huh. to, you know, do everything. Um, if we don't have to go into the walls, 
we won't. And also in Austin, Austin's got a crazy permitting department. They're more fickle than ever. They're more controlling and kind of Nazi-ish than ever, if you will. They're just crazy. So if we don't have to, if we can rehab a house without getting into things that require permitting, uh, we will do that. That's kind of rare. So if we do it, we're going to go in, we're going to go in and, you know, do it right, you know, make it a no excuses house. But I hired a, uh, a foreman, which I kind of took over my job. I used to do all the general contracting and making the phone calls, dealing with subs. But uh, we hired a gentleman about eight months ago and he's kind of taking that role for us. And uh, it's allowing me to focus on marketing and more administrative type stuff. But, um, awesome. but yeah, yeah, we try to do a, a full rehab in about six weeks and um from start to finish and uh, you know do everything from the uh kitchen to countertops you know, all flooring so okay let, let's i want to talk about two more things i want to talk a little bit about wholesaling and then i want to get in low into your guys's balance of i, I can tell that you're really good at your a balance of family and uh, and business so let's really quick let's talk about wholesaling uh, just because i know a lot of people have questions about that okay so when when you guys wholesale a property are you getting paid inside of escrow or outside of escrow? How are you getting paid? Uh, we typically, uh, we have relationships built with our end buyer. So there's a couple that they'll just pay us after closing. I mean, literally on a handshake. Uh, then there's a couple that we just, we have it included in the HUD. Okay. And I'm kind of the same way. And that's why so when someone asks me that question, they're like, I want to make sure I'm protected and all this stuff. I'm like, uh... I never have that come up, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of a, it kind of threw me off a little bit just because my wholesalers, yeah, they know they're getting paid. It's an agreement. We get them paid either through escrow or out of escrow or whatever. And it doesn't really, so you guys sound like you're kind of the same way. It's just, you just pay them and they pay you or whatever, right? Yeah. I just, you know, trust. I mean, come on, if you can't build a relationship with trust, I mean, you're just dealing with the wrong guy. Exactly. And that was kind of my thought as well. Or, or sometimes I think it's a newbie investor gets like freaked out about that. They're so like, no, I got to get what's mine, you know? And it's like, I mean, I don't know. Like you said, I think you work with the right people, build those relationships. Sure. If you have a little contract or something that makes you feel better then great, if you can do it through ESCO, great. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to be working with the right people, I think. So. Uh, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Okay, good. That was my question there. So let's talk about you and Catherine. And I, you know, I've seen pictures of your family and the way you guys interact. I could tell that family is really important to you. I mean, even yesterday, we couldn't do the interview because you guys, uh, it was you know a holiday and you were spending time with your, with your family. So I could tell that's a high priority of yours. How do you have the balance between being a successful entrepreneur and business owners and having that balance, that family life? Like what's your schedule? Just, I don't know, any details that you could share with us on how you maintain that balance? Well, it's an ongoing process um, because as you know, being self-employed, um, our day doesn't end at five o'clock or, you know, or six o'clock, um, but boundaries are really important. And we've learned that the hard way, you know, over time, uh, Jason and I have been married almost 11 years and, you know, we've been entrepreneurs that whole time, maybe not just in real estate, but even before this, we had our own businesses. So, you know, we had to establish those boundaries um, with each other and with people outside of our, you know, people in, in the industry. And yes, yes, boundaries are extremely important. Um, you know, obviously with just with cut and, and knowing, you know, deciding communication and deciding when that is. Um, and we finally have gotten to this place where, um, whatever it is can wait till tomorrow. 
and um, free time, our family time is very important to us. And so we've made that a priority. We've prioritized and set boundaries. And I think those are the two most important things. And like you said, our family is the most important thing. You know, outside of real estate, we're also super involved in our church. And so, uh, like I said, it's all about setting your priorities. So, and then that's just how we've chosen to work it. Sounds like we have a lot of similarities. I mean, we're going to celebrate our 10-year anniversary coming up. We're really involved in our church and our family and like, I love that you said you, you realized one time that it's just going to have to wait till tomorrow. I remember because I had a satellite dish business before I did real estate. So I've always, we've always been entrepreneurs and my wife and I, like I work from home, she's always helped out. We've always been very involved and it's, it can be a hard dynamic, but it can be amazing at the same time. Exactly. I, I remember one time, you know, leaving a movie theater when I had my satellite dish business because I took a call because one of my sales reps was having a, a problem. It wasn't even a bad problem. It was like the one time my wife and I had gone on, out on our own, like in, in months because of our business. And after that night, I just said, okay, that could have waited. And it, I realized from that point on, there are some things that can just wait. So, And that's it. And that's really important. And, you know, I tell people this all the time. Being self-employed is awesome because, you know, you set your own schedule and you can drop things in the middle of the day and, and do something else. But that time always has to be made up, you know, whether it's at 10 o'clock at night or, or whatever. And that's why boundaries are just important. Um, we are, we're pregnant with our fourth. Wow. So, uh, you know, we definitely, it's been a learning curve. And, um, you know, our kids aren't always going to be here. And, you know, our, our oldest is eight and in 10 years, she'll be gone. And, and so we don't wow. want to, uh, you know, we don't want to miss out on any of that. Yep. So yeah, again, prioritize and set your boundaries and uh, tomorrow more than likely is going to come and whatever it is can be taken care of then. I love that. Yeah. And things can wait and they do. They work themselves out. You know, They do. And that's what's so amazing. The things that you think are so pressing and oh my goodness, I've got to get this contract done or I've got that. You think that uh, there's this pressing situation, this contract you've got to get done or, or whatever it is, this email you've got to get out. And in reality, I can wait till tomorrow. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Life goes on. Life goes on. Life does so. go on. Yeah. And congratulations on your almost 10 year anniversary. That's awesome. Yeah. We're excited. We're going to Costa Rica this year. Awesome. <laughs> oh, very cool. Which, which for, you know, we've had a f- last couple of few years in real estate have been pretty good. But before that, you know, we did not travel. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're excited. This will be our first uh, bigger trip. So anyway. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I'm sure you can relate to this. You know, you pay your dues and your business, but eventually, your business needs to serve you. You know, yep. it's not about you serving your business all the time. You're doing this so your business can serve you and your lifestyle and your goals and what you're wanting to do. And I think you can lose sight of that because there's just something in us that wants more and more and more and more and more. And we're just at this place right now with we don't really want more business. I mean, that sounds crazy, but we don't really want it. Could we be richer? Yes. But uh, something else would suffer and it would be our lifestyle, it would be our children, our family and stuff like that. I, I totally agree. You know, with, with this new podcast and everything I'm doing, my, my business is pretty systematized to where I can flip quite a few houses without me being that involved. And so I started this other stuff. But we every Tuesday, which is today, when my kids get home from school, we go to Disneyland. You know, and, and we just started that like a month ago. We got passes and awesome. it's been so important because sometimes I will do a webinar at night or something like that. But like you said, that's my special time with them regardless. And then, you know, I'm, it's not like that's the only time I spend with them, but it's just so it's I, I noticed with my three year old for like two days after Disneyland, we're just so connected. And he's just you could tell he just we've made that strong connection. That's just so important. So 
That's awesome. But yeah, we have a lot in common. We should uh, stay in touch. We've got three kids. Oldest is eight. And anyway, just kind of cool. So that's very cool. Are they uh, boys, girls, all different? What? what yeah, are our oldest, our son is, yeah, he's our son. He's a boy. <laughs> he's eight. And a five, <laughs> five year old, <laughs> our five year old daughter. And then we have a, an, another son, a three year old son. So how funny. So we have the, the reverse. Our eight year old is a girl. And then my son is six, and then our our youngest now is three, and then... Dude, look, we don't even have to, like, you know, we don't have to worry about who they're going to marry. It'll just, there we go, we're set. Right, <laughs> right, right. Go. In church That's and right. in real estate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're all set. It's awesome. <laughs> the perfect ages. But see, you got an advantage. You've got Disneyland right there. Come on now. We, 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 have, uh, we don't have much right here. So. <laughs> okay, come on down. We, we uh, yeah, we recently moved to San Clemente, so we're... If we're not at Disneyland, we're at the beach. So <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, I have a cousin actually who lives in San Clemente. So really? I, I got lots of family out there actually. Crazy. Well, yeah. yeah. If you guys are ever down, give me a call. We'll have you over. That'd be fun. That we would, would be awesome. It. You got it. We would love it. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, I cannot thank you enough for everything you've shared. Um, let's stay in touch. Is is there what can we do for you? Uh what are you looking for? Anything anyone can do? Any way people can reach out to you? Whatever. <laughs> oh, just, uh, you know, of course, anybody has questions, they're welcome to, uh, you know, message us through, uh, you know, the email or, uh, LinkedIn. you know, LinkedIn. Yeah, your, is yeah LinkedIn. Is that the best way you like to connect with people? Um, it's not the best way. Uh, really, Facebook, Facebook. I like. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, we, we have a Facebook. I buy Austin Houses has a Facebook page. So, Awesome. Uh, that you know that, that's a great way trying to build up that page. Uh, I see yours is awesome. I liked it earlier. Oh, and, thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And by the way, your website looks phenomenal. Uh, oh, yeah. I haven't looked at it in about a month or two, and uh, it, it looks amazing. You're doing a great job on it, and uh, I'm glad. I'm you know I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, I, I appreciate it. I only because of people like you guys that I am able to do it. So, uh, um, okay, so we'll we'll connect on the show notes to some of those links so people can follow you guys and stay in touch. Um, and yeah, r- really appreciate it. Looking forward to staying in touch. Yeah, us yeah. too. I hope you've got some usable stuff on here. So sorry about all the cutting in and out. Oh, no, it'll, it'll, it'll be great. It'll be okay. great. It's, you, yeah. you guys, just just a couple things that you shared, like of the financing, that was huge. And then just some of the ways you're buying houses. I mean, huge. So Yeah, it doesn't seem huge. But you know, if there's something else that... <laughs> no, it's huge. Yeah, you know, it doesn't, when, I guess, to us, that you know, when you do it like you... you <laughs> But anyway, so if, if there's something else, another question you come up with, we can do another short call if you're going to splice it in or whatever. Okay, but well, yeah. Think, think yeah. of something. Just give me, a, give us a holler. No, this will be great. Maybe in a, a few months we'll we'll have you on again. For if you have another question, just call us. You know, give us a call. Awesome. Back. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, Thanks, have, Justin. You too. Well, you have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Have a great day. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Are those guys awesome or what? You know, I starting this podcast, the interviews wasn't something I really thought a lot about, but man, the the friends I've made and the connections and what I've learned from them, it's just something else. So it's it's a little extra nugget that I didn't even even plan on getting. I guess that's what abundance is all about, right? So if you uh, would like to ask any questions to Catherine or Jason, you can head over to the show notes at housefinghq.com slash episode 29. And there you can find all the links we talked about or any other details we talked about in the episode. Uh, once again, a quick reminder about uh, March 6th webinar. You can go to housefinghq.com slash webinar to sign up. And uh, I think that's about it, guys. Get out there, 
keep things going, man. Life is good. Take, you know, take advantage of it. And uh, we will see you guys all on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com. Never knew how much it would cost me to make repairs on that house. Didn't know how to get financed or what to do with that mouse. HQ on the podcast, thanks to House Flippin' HQ. HQ while I work out, thanks to House Flippin' HQ. Now I know what to do to flip houses.